Okay, so I'm glad you're here. Uh, we're heading into the three weeks, and I just wanted to just do a quick overview, just uh, to get us into the mindset. This year, it's uh, very special because the first fast day, which we've already had, the, the, 17th, of, the 17th day of Tammuz, Shavasrubi Tammuz, and, and Tisha B'Av, which is happening three weeks later, that's the 9th of Av, this year, both of these fast days fall on Shabbos. So that's really interesting, because that means that we're actually eating on both of those days, on both of the fast days, and then we're observing the fast the day after. That's called a nidcha. It's, it's, it's pushed off until the next day. Now, what's so interesting about that is because the prophet Zechariah, um, speaking for God, God is speaking through him, this is a, this is a prophecy, um, says that all of these fast days, meaning the, the 17th of Tammuz, Tisha B'Av, the 10th of Teves, all of these fast days are actually going to become great celebrations. So that's a, that's a promise to us from God himself. So that means that the essence of these days, even though we're experiencing them as sad days, and there are reasons why we're experiencing them as sad days. I mean, on the 17th of Tammuz, that's the, that's the day that we worship the sin of the, gold, the, the, the golden calf, and the day that Moshe broke the tablets, the luchos. The ninth of Av, of course, is when the, the, the spies delivered the bad news and about going into Israel and, you know, reported, said bad things about the land and we, a whole generation died off before we went in and both holy temples were destroyed and the, the goes on and on. Um, and yet, we know that the essence of these days is that they're great holidays and that that's how we're going to experience them in the future. So what's so special about this year is that we're actually eating on both of those days. In other words, the essence of those days is already opening up to us. The fact that there are going to be days of feasting and celebration in the future, right now we're eating and feasting on them. We're having Suda Shabbos, we're having the meals of Shabbos. And of course, you're, you're not compromising anything because they're fast days. You're not saying, okay, it's Shabbos, but let's have a few less nice things. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a full-on Shabbos meal, a full-on celebration on both of these fast days. Okay, so, so that means that already, like we say, the essence of these days, as they're going to be known in the future, as Hashem Himself promises us they'll be, are already being experienced right now this year. Okay, so let's, let's, let's go even deeper into this idea. So I want to tell you one of my favorite Hasidic stories, I heard it from Reb Shlomo, and, um, and it goes like this. So, so the Chos of Lublin, the seer of Lublin, was one of the greatest Hasidic masters, and he could see into the future, and on Yom Kippur, he really saw like, like what, the, what the year of, 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 of everyone was going to be like. And usually he didn't share this information with people because maybe they weren't strong enough to to, to, to withstand it, but, but with his top people, he, he did share it. So one of the top, top Hasidim of the Chos of Lublin was Simcha Bonum Abshisk, the, the Rebbe Rebbe Simcha Bonum. And of course, he, he was the, the Rebbe of the Kutzka Rebbe and the Rebbe of the Ger Rebbe and the Rebbe of the Alexander Rebbe and, you know, just the Vorka Rebbe. Just, he, he, was, he was very, very, very great. Um, and the Chos of Lublin saw that Yom Kippur, that Reb Simcha Bonum, that year he was going to go bankrupt. 
And so he, he told him, and Reb Sumchobonim went back to his business, and he, he had a pharmacy, and he was, he was wealthy, and um, he saw as soon as he's going back to his business, he sees already the business is going down. And so he thought to himself, why, why, why should I wait around while the whole thing falls apart? So he closed his business, he gave his money to his wife, and then he went off to, to try to, you know, undo the decree. So he checked into his favorite hotel in, in Warsaw. And Reb Shlomo points out that, you know, when it comes to poor people, if they've got a, a, a debt that's due, people want it paid right away. But when it comes to someone who's perceived to be rich, okay, people are more patient with them because they know that the person has money. So no one knew that, that the Pshizka Rebbe at this point didn't have any money, but when he checks into the hotel, they're not, they're not running after him to pay the bill for a while. So a few weeks goes by, and he's, he's learning, and he's davening in the, in the hotel room. And, uh, and after two months, he gets, he gets a, a note from the, from the bellboy. He had been saying all along that, you know, don't worry, you should know that, that I'm going to pay my bill, everything's going to be okay. But now that they were already getting a little bit concerned after a period of time, and they say, you know, it's, uh, if you please, they were speaking to him very politely, you know, the, the time has come, it would be appropriate at this, at this time for you to pay your bill, you know, they're showing him a lot of respect. And he said, you know, absolutely, I'm gonna, there's no question I'm going to pay the bill, but I just, I just not exactly at this moment, but it's coming, don't worry. Okay, so then some more time passes, and now they're, they're becoming a little less polite, they're becoming a little more impatient, and they're saying, actually, you know something, we, we actually really do need your bill to be paid. And he said, you know something, I'm in the middle of something very important, and he was, he was learning a lot of Torah, as Rip Shlomo points out, but, but, but they said, look, you know, the time is coming, we want the money. Okay. So they said, we want it, like, by the end of the day. So now he's, the Pshizka Rebbe doesn't have the money and he doesn't know what to do exactly. And the last thing he wants to do is make a Chil Hashem to disgrace Hashem's name. Everyone knows he's, he's a holy Jew. Like, so he's, he's, he's really davening and davening and davening. There's a knock at the door and he's thinking, Ay, you know, this is it. So he, he opens up the door and he, he sees Oh, it's not the porter, it's not the representative from the hotel. It's a messenger and he's wearing gold trim. He's like a very fancy messenger, like what's going on? And the messenger hands him a note and it's from Madame Temeroff. Now, Madame Temeroff was one of the great, most wealthy people in, in, in Poland and her, her husband was a, a Talmud Chacham and he's learning all day and she's running the business. And they were like multi-multi-millionaires, maybe even billionaires in that day. And she says, the note says, I can't believe my luck. I heard that you were in town. And the Pshiska Rebbe, you should know, was not only a Torah giant, but he was also brilliant in, in, in academics and very well-learned well in academics, in, in, in math, in, in science, in Latin, in, in all of these things, you know. So she said, I heard you're in town. My, my, my stupid accountant has lost me thousands of rubles. He doesn't even know how to add. You know, someone like you would be perfect. I want to hire you to be my accountant. Name your price. 
That's what it is you're hired. So please send me your reply. I'm awaiting your response. So it's like a miracle. It's a nace. Like right at the 11th hour, the Pshiska Rebbe's prayers have been answered and he's out of his trouble and he's got this top job with one of the top people in, in Poland. Except he doesn't take the job. And he writes back and he says to her, he writes back and he gives it to the messenger, you know something? Thank you very much, but I'm only taking this job if you make me your partner. Now that was, wow, what is he doing here? This is, you know, this is a giant chutzpah that he's writing back to her. And the messenger delivers it. Now meanwhile, the clock is still ticking. The, the hotel is basically going to kick him out. It's really, it's really getting bad. He's checking his watch, like, why haven't I heard back from Madame Temerov? Like, who knows, maybe she's insulted by, uh, who knows? And there's a knock at the door, and it's like, uh-oh. And he opens it up, and it's Madame Temerov herself. And she says, you know something? When I got your response, it was such a chutzpah. I wanted to know, who is this person? Who is this person? I want to see for myself who wrote this to me. And she says, now that I see you, I know that you really are exactly the person who I want for this job. So she agreed to make him his partner. So the Pshiska Rebbe returns back to the Chos of Lublin, back to his Rebbe, the Seer of Lublin. And, you know, the Seer of Lublin sees him and smiles. He already knows exactly what's happened. But the Chos of Lublin has a question. He goes, where did you get the strength to hold out and to ask to be a partner. And the Rebbe, Reb Simcha Bonum, says back to him, says, Rebbe, Holy Rebbe, I, I saw that Hashem was opening up the gates for me and I wanted to open them up even wider. Okay. So that's the end of the story. And that's a giant teaching for us, for our whole lives, that you know something, when you see bracha coming down into your life, this is, this is something that we can learn from this story. When you see bracha coming down, like you got good news or something like that, that means, according to this story, we have the ability to open up the gates even wider. To open up the shefa, the, the, the downpouring of blessing that's coming down into this world, we have the ability, at the moment that we're receiving good news, to daven for other people. That they should have, if they're davening for their shidduch, for a marriage partner, for, for their health, for their, for their livelihood, for pernosa, for, for shalom bias, for, for refua, for their health. Hashem should heal all the sick. All of these things, for Mashiach, for Talmud Torah, that you should have clarity to be able to do God's will better and better. Whatever it is, when the good news is coming down, we have the ability to open up the gates even wider. So, so my wife reminded me of something, a story that I heard, and I think maybe when I heard it, I, I didn't give it the proper level of um, covered of, of honor, because I think I, I, I just didn't understand it. But now, in light of the story that we just shared, I think, I think we can understand a holy bit of advice from a Rebbe that, that maybe we can all also take, which is, there was someone, and I don't know the name of the Rebbe, and I don't know what this person was davening for exactly, but they went to the to this Rebbe and said, you know, please, 
please, I, I, I need this bracha in my life. And, and, and the Rebbe said, you know something? When you go to a simcha, meaning a happy occasion, right? Someone's throwing a wedding, a bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah, whatever it is. Someone's throwing a, a you know, a, a get-together for a happy occasion. Go to the, to the bal simcha, to the, the person who's throwing the, the party, and ask them for a blessing. And like I said, I, I never really understood, like, what's the logic behind that? But, but, but now, 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 in light of what we just learned together, I think, I think we've got an explanation, which is at that moment, the person who's throwing the simcha, they, the gates are open for them. They're receiving, they're receiving shefa, they're receiving bracha at that moment. So they have the ability to widen the gates and to open it up even further and to include you as well. So with this in mind, it's a, it's a brilliant piece of advice. Really, really only a Rebbe could have, could have figured that out. And, and we can take that too. Now let's go back to this idea of the 17th, 17th day of Tammuz, Shavasr of Tammuz and, and Tisha B'Av, that both of these things are happening on, on Shabbos. Both these fast days we're eating on this year. What can we learn from that? So what I want to say is, we already learned that the, the Navi, the prophet Zechariah, has promised us in the name of Hashem that these are going to be days of great feasting, great, great celebration. And we see now that right now, this year, we're eating on these days. So if that's the case, that means that the gates are already open. So Hashem should bless us that we should open them up even wider. Because the gates are already opening. We can see that. We can see that in front of our eyes right now. So let's open them up even wider. So how do we do it? So I want to give the, I want to suggest the following. I mean, really there's, there's no end of things that we can do. And whatever is in your heart to do, just go ahead and do it. If it's holy, it's only going to bring more light and blessing to the world. But I want to just suggest one, one, one idea. You know, among the things that happened on the Shavasarba Tammuz, on the 17th day of Tammuz, is that the the, the, the Korban Tamid, which was the daily offering. See, there were different offerings that we would bring when we had the Holy Temple. And, and one of them, maybe the most special of all of them, was the daily offering. Every morning and every afternoon, we brought this special offering, and it was very, very consistent. We did it day in and day out, 365 days of the year. In fact, let me tell you how holy it was. The rabbis in the Gomorrah have a discussion what is the single most important verse in the entire Torah? And so they, there are different suggestions. Of course, one of the suggestions is Shema Yisrael, Shema Lokinu, Shema Chad. Like, how can you top that? That's basically all of Judaism in one Pasuk. And guess what? That, that, there was one that they said, no, it's even more important than that. And believe it or not, it doesn't sound like the most glamorous verse in the Torah, but it was the verse in the Torah that told us about the Korban Tamid about the daily offering. And, and we just said on the 17th day of Tammuz, that's the beginning of the three weeks. That's the fast day that we ate on this year. That's, that's the day that the Korban Tami, the daily offering, stopped. Ah, so the, boy, if that's the most important Pasuk in the whole Torah, and it stopped that day, that means there's a big hole in the world right now. Okay. So consistency, the importance of 
being consistent in terms of serving, serving Hashem. So on the one hand, I tell you, we, we were talking about the Pshiska Rebbe, and, and, and we said his Rebbe was the, the Chose of Lublin, right? The Seer of Lublin. So, um, so every morning, remember, the Chose of Lublin was one of the greatest tzaddikim, one of the greatest holy people in the, in the whole history of the world. So it's reported that the, the Chose of Lublin, each day he would wake up and he would say, today I'm going to be a tzaddik. Today I'm going to be a tzaddik. So this is incredible because, I mean, he never took anything for granted. Like nothing was like a habit for him. Like every day he rededicated himself to righteousness. Like starting all over every single day. Like that's amazing. So here he was doing everything right. But at the same time, it's like, it was, that was the Korban Tamid. His his righteousness was, was every day, but every day he rededicated himself to doing it every day. Okay, so that's on the positive side. So what about on the negative side? Talking about consistency in, in terms of our avodas Hashem, service of God. So, so one of my favorite teachings, so, so Shlomo Melech says, who's the righteous person? So if you ask me, who's the righteous person? I would say someone like the Chos of Lublin, someone who's never making a mistake. But Shlomo Melech, the wisest person in the world, gives a, a much better answer. He says, the righteous person is the person who falls down seven times in this world and gets back up. So remember, God creates the world in seven days. So seven stands for this world. So, so what Shlomo Melech is talking about, the righteous person is someone who falls down seven times in this world and gets back up. He's talking about the person who's constantly making mistakes, but is rededicating himself and getting back up every single time. Which means that the definition of a righteous person is someone who never gives up. The essence of a righteous person is someone who's constantly rededicating themselves even after they fall. Okay, so now, now we have this idea again that the Korban Tamid stopped. It just stopped. The daily offering just stopped. So, so how can we continue to do the daily offering in terms of our own lives to keep it going through our own actions? So I would suggest like the Chos of Lublin, anything that we're doing right, today I'm going to be at Sadek. Anything that we're doing right, Let's continue to do the right thing. Anything that we're doing wrong, right, if we fall down, let's get back up and rededicate ourselves. I heard from Yehuda Solomon who said that Reb Shlomo would say to the children on the Moshav all the time, you know, if you fall down, okay, take a moment, but then get right back up. You know, if we have to catch our breaths for a moment, that's okay, but then get right back up. Don't stay down too long. Just get right back up. And so, so this is a time where the gates are open for tremendous fixing, tremendous further opening up of the gates. And God should just bless us that whatever we do, we should continue to widen them. More and more light should come into the world till there's so much light in the world that it's like the oceans filling the waters, right? And all we see is the oneness of God and the rebuilding of the base of Mikdash, and the healing of all the sorrow 
all the sickness, all the hatred, and we should just see the oneness and the love of God.